Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. On the Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. So happy to be back with you this weekend. We have a very special guest out of England. His name is Dick Stroud, and the founder and managing director of 20 Plus 20. Quick, Brad, what is it? 50, right? Uh, oh, yeah. The marketing consultancy, the, uh, the Chartered Institute of Marketing, calls Dick the United Kingdom's leading expert on using interactive channels to communicate with the over-50s market. That's us. Previously, Stroud had a career, IBM and uh, PA consultants. His latest book, he's got a book, too, The 50-Plus Market, dispels the myths and explains the truths about uh, marketing to this generation. And he knows how to write a bio because it's only, you know, it doesn't take up most of the page like these other guys do. Yeah. So well, we edited it. Go. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it does say short bio. And, yeah, it does. And Dick's not short, so that's fine. It has to be yep. uh, his bio. Now, you have the picture got, of him there, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Dick is uh, our special guest, and we've also got a, a bunch more as well for the two hours that you'll spend with us today. Patrick Meyer here in just a few moments. Uh, the Marketing Insider is going to talk about experiential marketing. That's a, a, a buzzword that's been around for quite a long time, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know how to spell it, including Patrick Meyer. He spells it with an X. <laughs> um, but uh, Joe Jaffe is with us, too, a different perspective. Uh, top of mind awareness is what he's talking about, what we all strive for. Right, Bob? I mean, Brad? Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Gittimer, stay positive, <laughs> stay creative. Andy Borowitz is, uh, this is an interesting thing. The people at FEMA have come up with a solution uh, this coming year for the bird flu, and it has to do with hurricanes, Okay. I'll just go, that's all I'm going to say. Hmm. And we'll be playing some high-tech tennis in the wacky world of marketing a little bit later on. And uh, this hour, we have the advertising showcase. And, gee, it's so sad we're out of time. So yeah. there we go. So how you been doing? Well, just great. Uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, you last weekend, you being a, uh, a golf, an avid golfer and uh, a golf viewer. I've never really understood viewing golf on television, but obviously enough people do to where they do it every It's done you know. with a proper crowd, and, and yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yes. And I like to say that uh, I don't like golf, and I like it that way. But uh, were, were you, well, I mean, it's just one less person out there crowding the, crowding the green, right? True, I suppose. But when you, when you enjoy golf, you really want to share it with as many people as you possibly can. So that's, well, that's the way I feel about you it. You can share with me your experience, and I'll be in the clubhouse. Uh, and and uh, The 19th I, hole. That's what I call it, the 19th hole. But, yeah. you know, looking at Dick's... Uh, uh, bio here in his picture. He looks like he maybe had a pint or two in his day. What do you think? <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> we'll have to ask him when he comes on. I yeah. don't know. See, he's saying he's responding right now, but he's going. I, no, I don't drink. Come on, leave, huh. leave me alone, you guys. What, who was who was our guest last week? Jonathan uh, Hol- Jonathan Holbert? Holbert out of Singapore. Yeah. So we yeah. were spanning the globe in the uh, pursuit of uh, advertising intelligence. Okay. Yeah, and I, I found out from uh, our pre-interview a few days ago that uh, Dick is uh, outside of London, uh, uh, quite a ways, uh, far enough to where it would not be infringing on the city limits, of course. And so he's a a countryman, and we'll mm-hmm. talk to him about that. But the reason I mentioned about uh, 
uh, Jonathan Holbert uh, got this real quickly. Ray, you'll like this. I wish I would have had this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, following following complaints over an advertising display of a bare thigh of a Hong Kong uh, pop uh, pop star yeah. endorsing skin products, the city officials of Shanghai are setting up a council of industry representatives, lawyers, and residents to weed out offensive and misleading advertisements. Wow. State regulations <laughs> demand, yeah, state re- regulations demand that female images used in advertising must be healthy and positive and help foster sound morals among young people. Could you imagine if they had that rule here in the U.S.? Uh, there would be no billboards. In any event, uh, th- though seldom enforced today, rigid advertising guidelines dating back to the 90s prohibit the length of women's skirts and shorts from creeping above the knee. Now, that must be okay. one of those deals where, you know, you have a rule that probably is seldom uh, enforced, but it's, you know, one of those things that are still sure, on the books. Sure, but sure. apparently Shanghai, uh, and maybe that's where they got the term, I was shanghai But no, anyway. They, no, that was the, uh, no, he told us why that Yeah, was. he said it goes back to the 20s, exactly. and it had to do with uh, being fooled by people there in the... Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, a lot of countries have their own restrictions as well. Of course, uh, uh, Britain is... is, Kind of leads the way in uh, non-restrictions, yes. but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, years ago, even this goes back to music. Now, Brad, when the Beatles were making music uh, in the beginning, they were under the scrutiny of the uh, the orchestras or the association or the publishing there uh, that allowed them only a certain amount of bass, hmm. the low end on their songs, and uh, I, they somehow got around that. I guess I don't know how they did it, but uh, they even pl- they even regulated the level of bass exactly. within the. Yeah, that's exactly. weird. Yeah, it was oh. it was you know part of the the uh, symphonic uh, you know very guidelines or whatever exactly huh. so huh. as a result uh, we had beatles songs with no bass but that's okay and of Let's, course the bass player would have been paul, paul McCartney. mccartney who was 64 yeah. by the way will be 64 uh, patrick 64 exactly oh. patrick yeah. meyer is with us now experiential marketing what is it well let's find out Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about experiential marketing. I'm going to talk about taking something that we'll call X and pump it into your marketing plan to turbocharge everything you do. The goal is to get the consumer involved in your brand in an experiential way that intrigues them, surprises them, delights them, makes them talk about you. Let's take each of the marketing components and I'll show you how to add an experiential edge. Traditional network TV should never, ever be about a one-way dialogue. need to build in things like video on demand, SMS, brand involvement, getting information back. How do you get the consumer watching a Super Bowl TV spot to come into the brand at a deeper level? In this age where you can customize and create limited editions and surprise and delight and have different shapes and forms, the consumer should constantly have waves of news value come in their way. Online, the consumer doesn't want a web brochure for your brand. They're looking for great things that touch them and involve them and let them be themselves. So you need to create an experiential website and other digital components that they can get involved in. The consumer will buy. So touch them and intrigue them. Passion points, sports, entertainment, fashion, but do it in an experiential way. Let me see what's going on inside a NASCAR race and watch my favorite driver from the inside of his car on my laptop or my cell phone. That's experiential. So my message is totally rethink your marketing plan. Bring experiential components in. Do less better, but do it in a way that touches them and involves them. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider. Heard every week here on The Advertising Show. 
Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. That's good stuff from Patrick Meyer, as it is every week here on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth. We're just moments away from uh, hooking up uh, with uh, Dick Stroud, who is author of The 50-Plus Market. Uh, it's the 50plusmarket.com. Uh, and he is a founder and managing director of 20, uh, 20 plus 30 consulting. You can find that website. Guess where, Brad? At 20plus30.com. Yeah, I'll check that out. Okay. But wait, because we'd like you to stay with us right here at theadvertisingshow.com. It's a great, uh, a great vantage point to find out what's going on in terms of advertising and marketing and to get a little bit smarter about how you may be potentially, uh, uh attracting or, uh, <laughs> throwing away new business. We hope you. The other. But anyway, it's uh, Dick Stroud here in just a moment with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Going to the beach, huh? Right. Got Aztec suntan lotion? No, I've got this stuff. Oh, not that. Aztec suntan lotion is especially formulated to let you get the tan you want with the protection you need. Uh-huh. Want to know how I know about Aztec Classic Dick Orkin spot on The Advertising Show. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, and our uh, special guest, uh, Dick Stroud, out of uh, England, author of The 50-Plus Market. In preparation for today's interview last evening, I... Watched Mary Poppins. Okay, I want you to know that, Dick, and a spoonful of sugar. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased. <laughs> Put the umbrella down, Ray. There you go. Put well, the umbrella down. Welcome to the advertising show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I guess we should call it bumper shoot instead of umbrella, just out of uh, respect for Dick. Now, what the heck? Uh, we'll stay with umbrella. I like that one. Uh, and I've got to go to the loo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, uh, hands, okay? Yes, thank you. Uh, you know, Dick, uh, it's such a pleasure to have you uh, and an outstanding book. I'd like to remind all of our audience, The 50-Plus Market, uh, published on, what do we have here? Kogan. Kogan page. Uh, wonderful book. Encourage anyone interested in marketing to the 50-plus market to check this book out. It is not one of your uh, thin paperbacks. This is a hardback, and it's jam-packed full of some great uh, great advice, and, and uh, we'll jump into some of that in just a second. But before we do that, uh, you're Managing Director of 20 Plus 30. Tell us a little bit about your company. This is what we call the shameless plug portion of the show, Dick. Yeah, I've listened before the shameless, the shameless plug. Yeah, 20 plus 30, we, we've, we've been in operation well, about three years now, and uh, yeah, our, as, believe it or not, our main market is the uh, is companies who are trying to improve the way in which they operate to the 50 plus, so I guess that the main type of work we get involved in is we do a lot of internal company training for, for companies that try and want to get their, their, their marketing staff up to speed with what's going on in the 50 plus. We do quite a lot of work where companies are trying to take a view of how the 50-plus market is going to develop over the next five to ten years. And then we do quite a lot of work in evaluating companies' websites and uh, how good or how bad they are when it comes to being used by older people. So it's a group of things. And then, and then we do a lot of public training courses and conference speaking. So it's all around the 50-plus. Yeah, I think uh, any uh, clients, by the way, that we were all based in the UK or global clients. Oh, no, no, no. We, we we work for Sarah Lee, um, some of the international publishers, Harper Collins. Um, we'll probably talk a bit later about uh, the work we do with OMD, who's uh, yeah. uh, 
and so I, 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 I we work for OMD as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a mixture, some local companies and uh, then some some multinationals. So uh, you work for a publisher, and yet uh, Kogan Page published your book. Can you imagine? Different, diff, different type of book. Different type yeah. of book. Yeah. It's called okay. Conflict of Interest. Okay. Yes. Uh, conflict well, of Interest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, most may not realize that here you uh, here you've zeroed in on the fifty plus market, a, a topic that I think is is uh, well worthy of, of more attention than it gets today. And yet you're uh, you're an inter, uh, internet strategist, uh, came, coming out of the dot com uh, boom and uh, uh, admittedly, one of the handful that I guess didn't become a millionaire. Indeed, that's 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 the, the, the crying shame of it. So yeah, <laughs> I, here I am. I'm still working. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, the the it, 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 in fact the, the the linkage between the two is that uh, I was doing some work for a client and uh, we were we were looking at their, their their overall use of the internet and 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 the guy asked me the question, well, what do we do about older people? And uh, I had to, to my shame, say I'd never ever thought thought of it. So. That sort of started me down the track of uh, asking some questions about, uh, you know, what differences does, does ageing mean when, when it comes to using the web, and you suddenly find that uh, there is actually a lot of research, and there's a lot of differences, and you can improve the effectiveness of your, your, your websites uh, a great deal, and that, that started me down that track, and uh, that's how I went, that's, that's the jump between the internet and uh, the 50 plus. Good place yeah, to go. Yeah, and you know, we're going to talk about the differences of, of uh, setting up a website that uh, addresses the 50-plus uh, market because there certainly is a different uh, online strategy in doing so uh, than the than the youth market. And obviously, I would think there would be a bit of a trick to be able to accommodate all uh, age groups and not displacing one in, in favor of the other. But before we do that, let's, talk, uh, let's go back to what you were talking about, OMD. I know you did partner with OMD, one of the largest media companies, in the world when you decided to write this book. Uh, uh, what was o- OMD able to provide you that you weren't able to do yourself? Why did you partner yeah. up with them? Well, lots of money is one thing. So <laughs> yeah. That was a good starting point. Right. No, um, <laughs> uh, OMD's done a lot of work in the 50-plus market in, in, in the UK and in Europe. Um, it's done a lot of work on lifestyle segmentation of the 50-plus. The, the so they, they, they already had an interest there. And... Uh, what we were interested, or what I was interested to, to do, and it seemed a, a good match with them, was to, to just ask two very simple questions. One was, I mean, does, does the way in which older people um, change in terms of their attitude to brand and technology and things differ between nationalities? Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a pretty reasonable question. And another one um, was to, to, to ask the question, well, just how much change is there you know, over the, 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 a person's life? between, say, 25 and 75, I mean, how much do they really, really change in, in the way they react to brands and uh, um, views of the future and technology? And so they were two pretty simple questions, and uh, OMD then put all the research together, and uh, we did some research in five countries, did 5,000 interviews, and uh, got some interesting results. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the differences from country to country because I think most of our audience would be surprised. I learned a lot from reading your book as well as talking to you prior to the interview. Uh, but let's jump in. Ray, what do we have, a couple minutes left? Yeah, we do, as a matter of fact. Let's talk about uh, a concept that you came up with, uh, age-neutral marketing. I think we've all heard the term media-neutral for some time now. Uh, I'm seeing that perhaps there's a similarity here. Talk a little bit about this. Well, it's... It, there's really two, 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 two sides of it. One, 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 one side of it came out of the OMD research and, and sort of to, to kind of jump to some of the conclusions. We found that over a large part of the age spectrum, there, there was very little difference in the way people reacted. 
So for, a, for, you know, for quite a wide range of age, people's reactions are quite neutral. Um, so this, this idea that you, know, you have to try and understand over what range of ages people don't react differently. There is this age-neutral domain that uh, really is a sort of a, a new concept I think companies have to get hold of. And the other, the other side of it was really, I guess it came as a shock, was the sort of entrenched, sort of almost youth-centric nature of the marketing industry. And uh, uh, I think we sort of summed it up by saying is, you know, the, the, the rules of, of, of marketing are the same for a 20-year-old to a 70-year-old, but unfortunately marketeers are, don't start from a neutral position. They, they invariably start from a, from a biased position. They start from a youth-centric position. So the, the idea of age-neutral marketing is to try and get marketeers back to just a neutral, neutral starting point and to, to treat age in a neutral way rather than a biased way. So the book sort of spells out some of the ways you can do that. Yeah, well, we're going to talk uh, next segment about, I think, a lot of uh, marketers out there might think, well, wait a minute. We've heard for years that you don't uh, approach the, the the Generation Y market, for example, is the same way you traditionally re- Yeah, and we're, maybe you've got some insight there. I would hope you do, Dick, and we'll talk about that and more. Well, if, next if not, we'll have to cut him loose. I'm sorry. Well, that's true. Uh, no, we'll keep Dick around for not only this hour, but uh, next hour on the advertising show. Lots more to come to as well in uh, just a moment or so. Jeffrey Gittimer talks about staying positive and staying creative. Uh, help you get into your uh, work week uh, tomorrow. You might want to listen to that as well. Advertisingshow.com is a great place to go. It is a very uh, effective and active website. Uh, a lot of things RSS and the podcast are made possible by Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. That Shipple does a great job. It's a web marketing company. So we'll be back with uh, with more on the Advertising Show. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. You ever get a great idea and start bouncing it off of people? (laughs) Let me give you a clue. Whatever your great idea is, there's always going to be somebody ready to throw some kind of cold water on it. Here's the clue. Ignore those people. They're jealous because they have no ideas of their own. Now, for those of you who think that all the good ideas are taken, let's take the sport of ice hockey. It's more than 150 years old, but the goalie mask is only 30 years old. Wouldn't you think somebody would have come up with it in the first 120 years? But finally, one guy, Jacques Plante, got tired of getting hit in the face with the puck. Hello. And once again, necessity became the mother of invention. And he created the first goalie mask. You know what? There's a ton of other equally obvious ideas out there. Your job is to be thinking about them. What are you doing every day? What do you think about every day? Well, let me give you a clue about coming up with an idea. It can only begin if your thought process is in the positive zone. Negative thought blocks creative thought. And your job is to stay positive so you can stay creative. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. 
And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. DJ Thomas. There's a whole new way of living. Pepsi helps We're talking about the 50-plus market, Brad. That guy's 50-plus, 50-plus, you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's B.J. Thomas. Uh, a lot of hair. Old spot. <laughs> Hopefully he still has some hair. That's Hopefully. good. The 50-plus market is the uh, is the name of the book. It's a new book, uh, and the author is Dick Stroud from uh, the U.K. And, uh, Dick, uh, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Great to have you here. Once again, good to be with you. Yeah, and by the way, anyone listening, the 50plusmarket.com, easy place to go to check out more about Dick's book. And uh, uh, towards the end of last segment, Dick, you were talking about uh, def- defining age-neutral marketing, a wide range of age consumers that are to be viewed in a, in a similar way rather than a, a difference. Uh, and that many c- cases, I think, today, marketers believe that there are different uh, approaches, different media strategies, different certainly creative strategies when it comes to uh, the rules uh, for engaging with particular demographics, and you're suggesting that the rules should be the same for all demographics. Is that correct? Well, no. It's 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 it's, it's what I'm suggesting is you start from a position of being neutral and only really move from that when you've really got some hard evidence that it's not. Um, ah. And and there there are some some lots. Well, there in fact there's lots of areas where you know you will have a have a different strategy, but. Uh, uh, the, the trouble is most, most marketing strategies start from a position of assuming that there's going to be differences when they're not necessarily actually uh, uh, provable by research. So you start neutral, and only when you've really got some proof that there's some differences, then you move from it. So look for so maybe is would it be correct for, to say look for similarities? Yeah, look for yeah. similarities. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's it's, it's really it's 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 stating where really are the where where the things really start to to, to become different. Um, you know, I give you an example of, of, yeah. of, of, of doing some work for a, a company in the FMCG business, and uh, you know, they, they 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 were under the impression they were getting most of their sales as they well they were from from a from an older age group. But uh, you know, when we actually looked at uh, what was going on, they, they they had their market segmented in the top end between 45 and 65, which is you know 20 years is a long time 45 to 65, which is pretty standard segmentation. Uh, uh, Strategy in the, in the UK, and when we when we really looked, we found that there weren't that many differences between the age range 25 to 55. I mean, that, the, the the way people were reacting to the product was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And then you got a large change um, over o- over the age of 65. So they, they they were in fact making decisions, really quite incorrect ones, on this this sort of large area of 45 to 65, when most of the age range was was quite neutral. So it's, um, it's, it's really trying to understand where the true differences are, and they're not necessarily as, as big as you think. Do you ever uh, study a particular product or service and find that an established brand uh, has a following of, uh, let's just pick a number, of the 25-plus uh, crowd and the perceptions of the value of the, the brand value of that particular product or service uh, differs considerably from maybe the Gen Y crowd, the younger crowd? Um, I don't think I, 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 a particular product comes to mind, you know, under 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 that sort of uh, under that sort of definition. Mm-hmm. 
as I said, it, 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 it's often where companies really start from just to sh make an assumption that mm -hmm. um, an age group is going to react in a particular way. Uh, you know, I'll give you another example. I've, I've just recently come back from Australia, and uh, um, one of the, 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 the big products uh, for sale for the tourist business is that they've got a couple of really long train journeys over there. And uh, the, 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 the basic assumption was that that was going to be very much a, a 25 to 35-year-old um, product. And uh, that's, they, they set up around that. And what they've now found is the average age is about 55. Um, you know, it, it, it was just making this base assumption that this mm -hmm. is a sort of a travel, you know, fun type product, and that would appeal to a particular market sector. When the research really hadn't been done to uh, to show that that was the case, and it, in mm -hmm. fact, it attracted an age group 30 years older. And I think I think you've got quite a few examples in the states where cars have been targeted at a, at a younger age group, and you suddenly find that they're being you know, the the average age is up in the 50s. So it's it, it's. A, a lot of it, I'm afraid, is just you know just not getting the basics, not not doing the basic research. Well, you know that's an outstanding uh, point, and and yes, uh, automo automotive products come to mind here in the uh, U.S. with regard to many of these manufacturers thinking that a particular product appeals to uh, one market and finding once it comes to market, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's actually yeah. I mean, the, the uh, Mini Cooper is a great example. They thought yeah. that was going to be a, Boy, a youth a market there, and there's people there's uh, the boomer market. Uh, that tend to buy that product as well. And speaking of the boomer market, I understand that you don't really care for that term, Dick. <laughs> well, what, no, what's going I, on? I, there? I don't. Well, there's, 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 there's a sort of real first factual problem we we, we, we have between I think the U.S. and uh, and, and Europe is that uh, you know we didn't have the same sort of boom as you had. Um, you know, we, in fact, that the, the U.K.'s birth birth rate started to, to decline as the U.S.'s went up. So <laughs> you know, if you, if you <laughs> I, I won't even try and explain the reasons for that, but uh, um, so <laughs> we, get, we, yeah, we, we just literally don't have the same sort of uh, um, pattern of, uh, of, of, of population profile, and, mm. and that's I think you, you find most of the places. So it's <laughs> it's not a kind of an international term. The, the other thing, and I, I, it's, it's, a, it's the thing that probably gets me even more, is that uh, people talk about boomers as if they're some sort of group. I mean, seventy six yeah. million people in the states, and uh, I mean, you had some great research done last year. At, at Duke University, and they, you know, the conclusions were that the boomers are by far, by far the most heterogeneous market sector there is. I mean, you've mm. got you know rich, poor, well-educated, not well-educated, yeah. um, and the trouble is, you use the term boomer, and you know it sort of conjures up in marketing mind some sort of category of person. Yeah. And of course, we know it's, it's a huge group. Let's see, uh, advertising show of Rachel and the Red Forsyth. Two boomers here in the United States, possibly one in the UK, we're not sure. Right, Dick? Uh, it's uh, more with Dick uh, Stroud and a lot more to come on the advertising show in just a few moments. Stay with us. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the advertising show. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. I'm enjoy's got nuts, mounds don't. I'm enjoy's got real. We're on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and we've got uh, we've got Dick back with us uh, next hour for a couple of segments. Dick Stroud, author of the Fifty Plus Markets. Okay, 
wonder if he has Viagra in there, too. Who knows? <laughs> Let me but, see. Uh, Dick and There's the, actually a, a tablet tab, here. Um, oh, it comes with a free Viagra? That's wonderful. That's hitting the mail. Mm. Demographic. No, I wouldn't take that now. No, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. We and just played the, the junk food commercial. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to mention, because we uh, talked off the air there before Dick left, uh, 20 plus 30, that's the number 20, and then the word plus, plus and then the number the 30. Number 30. Dot com is his website, one of two, and uh, he's going to post our radio program, this particular radio show, uh, on his website. So whether you're visiting his website just because you want to check it out, which is a great thing, we encourage it. Right. Uh, we want to thank Dick for posting the show on his website. And if you're joining us for the first time by listening through 20plus30.com, we welcome uh, new listeners throughout uh, All Europe. All ages. You don't have to be old, okay? We won't card you. That's true. No, we never have, and we're yeah. proud of that, okay? It's a great book, by Sit the way. Sit down and have a a drink. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's. We just played a garbage food. Uh, well, I want to say garbage junk food. It's a better <laughs> junk way to put food. it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Peter Paul Mounds. Oh, you know, it's a good thing. But you eat too many, you get fat. True. Um, McDonald's is apparently uh, bracing for an assault on their image as if they haven't had any or too few or too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, the marketing executives have... Um, uh, Basically, uh, kind of put together a war council. Uh, there's a new book out called Chew on This. The adversary is Eric Schlosser, the author of the 2001 bestseller Fast Food Nation, which blew the lid off many of the practices used by McDonald's and its mm-hmm. cohorts, they say it. That's, is that sad when they say McDonald's and its cohorts? Exposing <laughs> them in an unsavory light, his new attack is the world's fast feeders, a fast food nation movie to be released later on this year and a book chew on this everything you don't want to know about fast food aimed at kids and full of gag inducing information on the huh. fare sold by the golden arches and its brethren this thing sounds yeah. almost biblical yeah. mcdonald's uh, managed to uh, brush off the uh, supersize me uh, documentary uh, without any visible damage and that was the gentleman that we had on the uh, no that was not the gentleman that we had no. he, he was against walmart that's right right never right. mind but this time around the chain uh, posting 35 consecutive months of positive same store sales globally it may not be so lucky they are worried about a backlash so well, anyway you know and uh, i was thinking i didn't know you were going to mention the supersize uh, me film i hope that guy finally lost that weight but i thought it was a good uh, good documentary and a lot of people don't know this you and i are working on this right now uh, kind of a follow-up to his film, it's Supersize This, and it'll be coming out to uh, <laughs> video stores and bookstores near you. Well, doesn't that kind of tantalize you as far as what's in this book? Uh, well, yeah. My goodness. Well, no. You don't want to know if you eat at McDonald's. You well, don't want to know, maybe do you? you won't eat there anymore. I mean, I, we don't, I don't eat there, and I can imagine, I mean, you know. We used to talk about this, Rick, hot dogs during our 4th of July celebration here in the U.S. And we try to put out of our mind what's in a hot dog while we eat them because they're so good. Yes. Uh, Well, it's the same thing. You don't want to know. I understand what you're saying. If they put a little... an attachment on a, a, a package of hot dogs here. Would you like to know what's in it? People would rip that off and throw it away as soon as they got it home. You know, Fast Food Nation, what an interesting book, and I'm sure a lot of people will pick it up, and I'm sure McDonald's would prefer not to do any promotions with right. these people, right, or right. something like that. Speaking of fast food, Arthur Treacher was on. As oh. I was, and I'm serious oh, about watching. Fish and chips. Yeah, Arthur Treacher's yeah. fish and chips. He was also in the movie Mary Poppins. He was also um, Merv Griffin's uh, co-host, if you recall, back in the 60s. The, are they still around? Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips? I don't know. I, the only place that I ever saw them was in the uh, the Ohio area, and I don't mm-hmm. know whether they still exist up there. Well, 
about. It's interesting because I remember as a youngster going to uh, they would. Uh, that was back when uh, fast food's strategy was to park a competitor right next door. So you had BK next to McDonald's, sure, and then here comes Wendy's around the corner. But right. uh, with with uh, Arthur Treacher's, there would always be another competitor, which was H Salt. Fish oh, and chips, yeah. H salt, and I used to like both of those. Uh, uh, you know, looking back on it, uh, you know, however old I was, ten, twelve, fourteen. Uh, can you imagine the uh, oh, the God. level of grease? Oh, you got yeah. the fries, oh, you got yeah. the fried yeah. uh, cod, I suppose it was, Hopefully. and then of course the salt, the uh, salt you salted, they salted the hell out of that, and then oh, the yeah. uh, malt vinegar. I don't mind having fish and chips, but I'd rather be with Dick in the UK having fish and chips wrapped in a newspaper with a pint. Have it for real. Don't have it over here in the U.S. when yeah. well, they don't know what they're doing. With nobody's able been able to, uh, fish to and copy chips. that uh, well over here either. No, and and I don't see <laughs> I don't see Arthur Treacher's or H Salt around anymore. I no. guess they still have uh, what's that other fast food? Uh, uh, what Wendy's? Fish. The fish. No, the fish, fish. place. Uh, I don't jo- know. Uh, oh, Captain sure D's do. or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Or well, there's another one I can't remember. You know, they say the mind's the second thing to go. Absolutely, which is why you got get the older. Blue pill. That's fine. There you go. We got uh, advertising showcase on the way here in just a moment, and more uh, with Dick Stroud on the advertising show next hour. A whole bunch more to come too. So there's plenty to, to listen for. We hope you stay with us. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is the Advertising Show. No one's gonna call you a Hollywood queen. They will think you're a model in a magazine. But show them, baby, you're racist. You're really here with the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and Dick Stroud back with us next hour, author of the 50-plus market. There are a few 50-plus people out there, and it's a good market to know, especially if you've got a product that appeals to them. And an interesting perspective, too, on some of the things that he had to say, Brad. About, yeah, it about was. That. Uh, and we'll have him, uh, you know, back for more as well. So continues uh, to be. Yeah. And, you know, okay. before I forget, Ray, uh, Long John Silvers. That's who I was trying oh, okay. to think Long of. Long John Silvers, yeah. yes. And, by the way, Don't next week. No. Well, you can if you want. The uh, next week's guest, make sure and get your credit cards out, Ray, and all your all your uh, statements. Mm-hmm. Sure. Susan Susan Lyons, Suzanne. CMO of Suzanne. Suzanne. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I guess the eyes are the second thing to go as you get older. <laughs> uh, Suzanne Lyons, CMO of Visa USA. Very good. So we'll have her on as our guest next week. Yeah. Watch. It'll be to speak to Suzanne in English, press one. Yeah. To speak to Suzanne well, <laughs> in Spanish, press two. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, not next week, but the following week, uh, we can check our Visa account online and there might be a credit or two. Yeah, right. Don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising. And this is, we're going two weeks for two uh, as far as the good stuff here. Let's listen. And now it's time for the Advertising Show's Advertising Showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising. For the good stuff, here's Ray and Brad. What is that you have there? What is well, that? I got to tell you, uh, you're right. It's two weeks in a row for the Advertiser Showcase. The spot that we're going to be talking about today is from Sears, and that's about all I want to tell you, other than the fact that it's a 60 second spot, which you don't see TV spots uh, running 60s that often anymore. Not many. 
No, you don't. And it's from Young and Rubicom out of uh, Chicago. But Spot opens, if you haven't seen it, with a really nice, gentle, acoustical guitar accompaniment. And you, you see the snail sitting on a rock among a bunch of plants and grass. And uh, then we begin to see the plants starting to sprout as if in a time-lapse photography-type sequence. And this runs throughout the uh, throughout the spot, by the way, as I described this. So you see this frog sitting on a, on a lily uh, as the flowers are sprouting and the lizard sitting on a leaf, multiple plants, shrubs. You know, this is all growing as you watch this. And then you begin to see an image of multiple barbecue grills opening their lids. And, again, it's very surreal in terms of the, the image that I'm hopefully describing well. Uh, n- next, you begin to see a shot of a red flowering plant sprouting with a planter's label next to it that has the plant's name and species on it. We've all seen those in gardens. And then uh, we see the same sprouting red flower, but this time with red-riding lawnmowers inside the center and mm-hmm. uh, uh, next we see an image of shovels and, and lawnmowers sprouting from a flower along with shovels from the petal and then we again uh, the flower is opening and finally we see a red blooming flower where we see petals looking like red umbrellas the kind you would have out, out of doors uh, on a patio kind of situation and uh, the spot in its ending sequence Ray uh, is more from a ground level perspective and, and, a, and it's a front yard of a beautifully landscaped uh, uh, home in the background and the copy dissolves onto the screen bring your yard to life followed by the Sears logo did you notice how there was no voiceover mm-hmm. during that description well uh, the beautiful descriptions the uh, descriptions of the of the pictures that you would uh, that I hopefully try <laughs> tried my best to describe but I got to tell you words just really don't do this uh, this mm-hmm. spot justice uh, as I said Sears with the help of their agency YNR Chicago uh, have really figured out, Ray, how to take one component of the giant Sears retailer and showcase it in an entertaining and, more importantly, timely way mm-hmm. that uh, really makes sense and, and makes sense to the viewer. Uh, this spot, as you could probably tell, gardening and outdoor activities like grilling and, and so on and so forth are featured. Uh, and think about it. While, while most of the country has been socked in this winter and as spring is just now beginning to change people's lifestyle and thinking more of outdoor activities, Sears has nailed it uh, with this simple yet very imaginative execution uh, that's all wrapped up in an entertaining package uh, that I think every homeowner can relate to. And what's the message here? It's simple. If you're thinking of gardening or lawn care or any kind of outdoor products that can make your uh, spring and summer an enjoyable time, think Sears. And I think what's missing, Ray, from a lot of spots that we see and a lot of ads, for that matter, uh, that Sears has figured out how to accomplish here is keeping the message simple, uh, delivered in an engaging way. And, and do it uh, in a way that really resonates with the viewer and doesn't make it so difficult for the viewer uh, or the consumer to figure out what it is that you're trying to sell. And in this case, with their new uh, uh, campaign, Spring Changes Everything, and in this particular spot, Bring Your Yard to, to Life Spot, I think uh, Sears has done a great job to keep that idea in the minds of consumers as we go on into spring and summer to think in terms of, hey, we need something for the yard, whatever. Hopefully, if this spot is effective, it's, hey, well, why don't we run down to Sears? They've got it all there. So, well, congratulations. Sears, yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to wrap it up and say congratulations to Sears and their agency, YNR, for this week's Advertiser Showcase. And Sears, even though they have a great brand and everything, have got to be hurting a lot because when you think of uh, Lawn and Garden, you no longer think because right. of the, uh, the opportunity of Lowe's and Home Depot of uh, right. going there, plus the fact that... Uh, uh, they've changed their concept up a little bit. You know, a long time ago, they had Bob Vila as a spokesperson. Bob Vila Sears was really... Did. Sears did. Bob yeah. was really the the very first person to, to get everybody into this mindset, you know, yeah. uh, hatching the HGTV DIY concept. And then yeah. they had uh, Ty Pennington uh, from Trading Spaces and then from the Extreme Home Makeover uh, as their spokesperson. So this, it sounds to me like Sears is doing something similar to what uh, Target and even Walmart... Uh, to a certain degree, is doing with their marketing. They're attacking it, attacking it a little bit differently uh, yeah. than they had in the past, and that is very smart. Well, and I think what's great about the spot, uh, and as you point out, uh, some of their competitors have done a better job, I think, of keeping uh, keeping their thought, uh, their mind, uh, excuse me, the consumer's mind connected to a Lowe's or, or those types of box stores that specialize in that kind of thing, but yet Sears has kind of gone all over the place in what they offer. So this is getting back to... A particular department within Sears to say, hey, you're yeah. thinking about gardening and, and these kind of things, uh, think Sears. And they yeah, want to remind you, of course. Now, even even the, most of the Sears stores, uh, from a gardening standpoint, they, they're going to have a tough time competing against uh, uh, the big box stores as well because the selection isn't there. The quality is there, for no doubt about that, though. Interesting. That's uh, and I like the concept, and I have seen that spot. And funny thing is, watching it, did not recognize it as a sixty-second spot. Yeah, which that's is a very good too. Tribute to the spot. Yeah, exactly. Advertising show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit Ad Age online at adage.com. And uh, we hope you'll stay with us and come back next hour. We've got more with Dick Stroud, author of the Fifty Plus Market. This is a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. And we are so happy to be back for our number two of the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. We're happy to be back here, and we're more uh, happy to have you uh, stay with us for the second hour of our interview with uh, Dick Stroud out of, uh, of the U.K. this weekend. Dick is the founder and the managing director of uh, 20 Plus 30. It's a marketing consultancy. If you add 20 Plus 30, you get 50. That's where the focus is. The uh, Chartered Institute of Marketing uh, calls Dick the United Kingdom's leading expert on using interactive channels to communicate with the over 50-plus market. Uh, previously, he had a career with IBM and the PA consulting firm. Latest book, he's got a brand new book. It's called The 50 Plus Market, and it dispels the myths and explains the truths about marketing uh, to this generation of which there are many of us. <laughs> so that's, by the way, a couple of different websites for Dick. It's uh, the50plusmarket.com. That's the50plusmarket.com. And also, uh, for you can find out about 20 Plus 30 Consulting by going to 20plus30.com. That's the number 20 plus, P-L-U-S, the number 30.com. And uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to talking with Dick for a couple of uh, of segments this hour and a whole lot more. Last hour, you heard from Patrick Meyer about experiential marketing. 
What a concept, huh? Joe Jaffe's with us uh, this hour. Uh, it's a different perspective feature, and Joe's always a great uh, portion of the show to uh, to tune into. This uh, particular feature is called Top of Mind or Top of Mind Awareness. So we'll check out what uh, Joe has to say a little bit later on this hour. Andy Borowitz tackles hurricanes and bird flu all in one. Actually, uh, his take on what the government will do to take uh, care of bird flu <laughs> and uh, and hurricanes. So we like that a lot. And uh, let's see, well, a little bit uh, later this half hour, it's uh, our executive producer, Bruce Abbott, The Wacky World of Marketing. And we're talking high-tech tennis. So it's we'll see what that's all about as well. So glad to have you with us here on the Advertising Show. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, rejoining Dick out of the United Kingdom. Uh, take an airplane to the United Kingdom would be a good idea. Uh, or a boat, if you'd rather. But uh, Delta Airlines in the air has confirmed this past week it's going to shift its creative duties uh, to SSS and S and what is that? SSNK uh, from Ogilvy and Mather. That's effective in 90 days. Delta has had its share of problems, and uh, according to Andy McDill, it's all a part of our continuing restructuring. Uh, it's a client representative. We want to market Delta differently, he says, citing dissatisfaction with Ogilvy's creative approach. Now, Delta has also dropped their Good Goes Around tagline. Uh, the New York-based uh, WPP group uh, shop unveiled early in 2005. Ogilvy represented uh, described the split as a mutual decision. Well, I bet that was, but did not elaborate. <laughs> it's very interesting. $50 million bucks in measured media. Delta spent on its namesake in uh, last year. That's up from $25 million in uh, 2004. That's according to uh, Nielsen Monitor Plus. That's that's a big jump, and hopefully this, uh, this agency can uh, tackle that properly and get them on the right uh, flight path, so to speak. Well, we've got uh, free television time, and talking about uh, product placement. Uh, we've talked about that before here on the Advertising Show at theadvertisingshow.com. And despite the recent strong growth in paid product placement, uh, gosh, I think it was a couple of years ago that we had, Brad, a, uh, oh, a representative from a company, and I can't recall the name offhand, but uh, talking about uh, product placement. As a matter of fact, the advertising show at that point in time was supposed to have been placed somewhere. I'm not sure that we actually made it to the tube. Many brands land roles in television shows these days, they say, without having to pay a fee. Now, that's the way to do it, free publicity. That's especially true for the hipper brands like Apple, whose the iPods, Macs, and other items over the past few months have garnered 250 free placements on 38 different network primetime shows, including hits like CSI New York and The O.C. So if you've seen an Apple, uh, iPod, or Mac, well, they got a freebie. That's not a bad deal if you can do it. want to check in with uh, Joe Jaffe here, a different perspective, and let's see what keeps uh, his product and your product top of mind. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective featuring author and new marketing consultant joseph jaffe we've all been taught about the importance of top of mind consideration this goes back to the practices and the preachings and the teachings of jack trout and al reese ultimately when we are positioning for top of mind consideration we recognize that we only have a very small window of opportunity to occupy the first, second, or even third position in any particular category in the hearts and minds of our consumer base. But I would contend that today we've shifted from top-of-mind consideration to top-of-page consideration. 
In this day and age where Google rules all, in this day and age where consumers are empowered and intelligent and have the ability to pull or self-select that which they desire, that which they have interest in, and that which they covet, what really is happening is if you're not above the fold and top of page, you're absolutely blown out the water. It's almost oversimplified to think about three brands that occupy a position that is carved in stone. There is so much fluidity, so much flux, so much volatility, and so much non-linear movement and impulse movement that takes place, especially with all the clutter and fragmentation and proliferation around us, that I would argue now it has become imperative to occupy that top-of-page consideration or else. This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 30-Second Spot. Glad you could be here on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, about to uh, rejoin our guest this hour. His name is Dick Stroud, author of The uh, the 50-Plus Market and also managing director of 20 Plus 30 Consulting out of the U.K., yeah, we've got a long-distance uh, connection uh, this weekend on the Advertising Show. By the way, the AdvertisingShow.com is an incredibly cool place to go. If you're looking to uh, find uh, the latest on marketing and also, this is this is really cool, we're taking advantage, uh, thanks to our friends at Shipple.com. Ed Shipple and his crew uh, here in our home market of Houston do an incredibly good job. Shipple.com is a web marketing company, so they know all about the uh, the right things to to put on the uh, on the site, uh, the way to get attention, the way to get exposure, and uh, they might be a good fit for you too. That's Shipple S C H I P U L dot com, and uh, we say thanks to Ed, and uh, it's great having him a part of the uh, of the advertising show. We have, uh, like I said, Dick Stroud on the way. Real quickly here, Brad. Uh, Verizon has launched a grassroots sales and marketing campaign in Virginia's Fairfax County and other local markets. <clears throat> excuse me, to pitch uh, Fios TV service. Uh, Fios, I guess it's uh, can be pronounced, is broadband television uh, delivered via fiber optic cables. This uh, local promotional strategy is part of the company's effort to woo subscribers from cable by getting to know custom- customers more on a more intimate level. <clears throat> Isn't that what it's all about these days? Previous marketing efforts uh, by the telecom uh, had uh, focused on broad strokes such as national or multi-state ad campaigns promoting its ESL and phone services. So it's kind of a switch for Verizon, and they seem to be, uh, I don't know, always on the right track. Did you say that? Great marketing behind that as well. So hope you can stay with us. Uh, Dick Stroud about to come back on the air with us on the advertising show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Back with you on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and out of the UK, uh, it's a weekend. It's author Dick Stroud. The book is called "The Fifty Plus Market." That's fifty five zero plus market. Uh, Dick has a website as well, the fifty plus market dot com, and he's also founder and managing director of Twenty Plus Thirty Consulting. Henceforth, 
the 50-plus market, right? Exactly. Yeah. So welcome back to the show, Dick, and thanks for taking time out of your day. It's, it's, it's late in the evening as we uh, are conducting this interview. Are you into your third or fourth glass of, of uh, brokers? No, it's a pint. It's a pint. It's a pint? Okay. No, I was talking gin. No, it's, it's a glass. No, we're, 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 it's, it's, it's well into a third, but they're quite large glasses. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, just uh, get one for us. We'll be right over. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. welcome back to the show. Yeah, and by the way, uh, a lot of people, thank you, uh, Dick, and a lot of people may not realize this. Dick is also a visiting lecturer, Ray, at the London Business School, also taught at the American University in London and Southampton Business School. I understand we're both getting three college credits towards our PhDs for today's interview. He has his own parking spot there, too. That's great. Yes, he does. And uh, it's, uh, but let's, uh, you know, we ended the, the interview last segment, uh, and you mentioned uh, a return trip from Australia. I understand that uh, Australia has a very uh, progressive and, uh, and, and much greater grasp of the 50-plus market when compared to the U.K. or the U.S., for that matter. Talk a little bit about this, Dick. Yeah, okay, well, the, the research we, we own, own, own do myself did, we, uh, uh, we, Australia was one of the countries. Uh, the others were the U.K., the U.S., France, and we also researched in the, in the Czech Republic, um, because of the, the importance of the, the new European countries. There's 80 million new Europeans coming out of the old Eastern European countries, so we wanted to get a feel of what their reactions were when it came to uh, the ageing side. And we, we, we ended up with some res- astonishing results. We, we found that Australians seem to be sort of the... They go quite di- in a completely different direction to uh, the other countries. As Australians get older, they, they tend to become more brand aware they tend to become more interested in technology they're more willing to try new things um, they go quite the opposite to you know the usual old rules of uh, of marketing that we've had that you know you get older you're not so you know, you're not willing to try new brands you're not interested in technology and the australians just go in a completely different direction and um, to such an extent that we ra- we ran the research and uh, We've got the same results. Hmm. Um, and, and conversely, I understand the French, uh, maybe for some cultural uh, reasons, are not so uh, qu- such a quick study when it comes to the 50-plus market, yeah? Yeah, the, 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 the French went in quite the opposite direction. So if, if, if you look over, over the ages, say, 16 to 65, uh, uh, the Australians were, were actually showing a... When it, if you're looking at the reaction to new brands, they were looking, you were looking at a... About a 20% increase in, in their in their willingness to try brands over over that age range, and you were looking at a 40% reduction in the French. Um, and again, we were so surprised. We we redid the French research, research, and in all of the different elements we looked at, the French came out as being really not not willing to try technology, apprehensive about the future, not so willing to try new products and brands, and. Uh, uh, that's certainly been one of the stories that's been picked up in the in the UK press because of the, you know, the the issues that have been going on in France at the moment. But uh, I mean, it's borne out by the research we did. Well, you know, I want to talk about the uh, internet and and how we uh, how we package things online for the fifty plus market. But before we do that, something of interest that Ray and I have talked to uh, people like yourself about that have an understanding of the fifty plus market. I, you know, we all know about the senior citizen discount, and we've known about that certainly here domestically in the U.S. for some time now. And it would seem like uh, at one time this was such a great idea, a price incentive for the aging market, especially when you perceive most uh, aging uh, folks of uh, twenty 
years ago uh, were on fixed incomes, for that matter. And and so as we now begin to think in terms of a, a, a much larger market, we will call it the baby boomer market here for the U.S., uh, is this an idea that could potentially erode profit margins when you think in terms of the volume of uh, individuals that will be qualifying for the quote-unquote senior citizen discount? Well, well, for, purely from a numbers point of view, the, the, certainly the, the numbers that have come into that category are going to soar. It's an interesting one. The, the, the use of um, high-profile discounts for, for age really do work. Um, they really do work in Europe, um, and so the insurance companies have, have really, really latched onto that. So there's a lot of, a lot of sales now done purely on the basis of age. So if you're over 55, you're over 50 or 60, uh, you, you then have certain discounts that come forward. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because, on the other hand, using age as a, as a means of attracting uh, or trying to group people together doesn't work in virtually any other area of marketing. But when it mm. comes to discounts, it works well. So I guess it says something about we're all looking for a... We don't mind being over 50 or over 60 if there's a 30% discount at the end of it. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, when it comes to buying cars... There are other ways of spending or getting discounts, though, as yeah, well. Uh, indeed. Well, and, and getting Ray to uh, get on his knees just so I can get him a discount to get into movies and trying to pass him off at a under 12 has been something we've been working on that for a while, and it hasn't worked for a while. Now, talk about your guidelines for uh, designing uh, online uh, websites. Uh, obviously, if it's a website, it's online. But any kind of online marketing or a web presence, are there guidelines specifically when it comes to the 50-plus market that must oh, yeah, be considered? There's, there's, there's lots, and if you go to my website, you can download some. So... Uh, um, which it, which it, site? The fifth the, on there, but the, I, 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 something you, your listeners can yeah. can just have a look at uh, uh, very quickly. Uh, huh? It's interesting. JD Powers has just released their their survey in the states on uh, the sites that were voted the best and the worst sites um, by by obviously car owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lexus came at number one, and VW came at at, at the bottom of the list. Okay. And uh, if you look at the two two sites, they they really exhibit all the reasons why. Um, you know, Lexus seems to have understood a lot of the 50-plus uh, design tenets, and VW hasn't. Um, and so there's a couple of articles on the, the website which explain it. But a lot of it comes down, you know, most people think it's to do with font size and, you know, those simple things. A lot of it comes down to um, the level of animation you use, the type of um, language you use, particularly the type of uh, navigation structure you use on the site. So a lot of it is sort of kind of quasi technical but, uh, I mean, it's all... It's, it's all very, very simple to do, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, rocket science. Um, and, and most of the research is done in the U.S., funnily enough. Uh, huh. Fidelity has done a lot of research and has got some good papers written on it. Widget has, has done a lot of research on it. So I think the problem is a lot of web designers just don't understand or don't have bothered to understand some of these rules, and uh, if they do, uh, there's, there's lots of them. AARP has got some great... Uh, um, papers on uh, improving website design. So yeah. there's lots of lots of guidance about. You know, uh, we're mentioning interchangeably 50plusmarket.com as well as 20plus30.com. Which site uh, has that information? Dick? It's the 20plus30.com. Okay. Yeah, 20plus30.com. Presentations on there. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, I encourage uh, encourage any of our listeners, and I'm going to do do that myself right after the show. Check that out. You know, uh, Dick, gets a, Dick gets a silver star too for not saying the three W's. Thank you very That's much. That's true. For that, hey, and by the way, Dick, we're, we're saying twenty plus thirty. That's P L U S thirty, not the yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, twenty all, all, plus. I'm afraid all of the other the, uh, looking for the fifties, they they had gone. So uh, yeah. twenty plus thirty. So and it's all, all twenty plus forty. And, and it's and, also and, the know, number twenty plus thirty. 
That is correct. Yeah, and if anybody can't add that up to make 50, we don't want them on your website anyway. Uh, you know, word of mouth is associated. What, a minute or two left here, Ray? Actually, just over a minute, so uh, yeah, we so might want to hold on to that. Uh, well, Go okay. ahead and talk about it. Well, uh, yeah, if whatever we can talk about. I think uh, a lot of people know about word of mouth, and I think most people associate that with the youth market. But I know you have some thoughts on how to successfully uh, incorporate a word of mouth strategy with the uh, 50-plus market. And, Ray, you don't have to worry about having your hearing aid turned up. It still works with That's the 50-plus market. Thank yeah. you. What would you say? The word of plus, That's uh, word of market, word, uh, word, word of, of house, mouth, mouth <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very good. Get those dangerous yeah. fixed, okay? Yeah. We have uh, more with uh, Dick Stroud, author of The 50-Plus Market and founding uh, founder and managing director of 20-plus-30 consultant, consulting out of the U.K. And uh, one more segment. That sounds like a winner for me. We'll do it, too. Uh, stay with us. We've got, um, let's see, who do we have coming up? Ah, the wacky world of marketing. And there's something about high-tech tennis, which, you know, tennis is pretty cool. And now it's high-tech as well. So hmm. we'll hope, hope you stick with us for that. And when we come back, we'll have more with Dick Stroud on the Advertising Show. And now it's time for the Wacky World of Marketing. Wacky World of Marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Tennis, anyone? Our wacky update heads to White Plains, New York, where AP reports finding a tennis partner is going high-tech. The United States Tennis Association is trying to get more people into the game with a computer database. Enter your zip code, your ability level, and the times you like to play, and the computer will help locate a partner. USTA officials say they want to bring lapsed players back and get new people on the courts. The Tennis Association's Kathy Francis says at least 6,500 courts across the country are listed. She says more and more players are signing up for the volunteer database. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Meet Mr. Clean, Procter & Gamble's new all-purpose liquid cleaner. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Back with you on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest for one final segment uh, this weekend, author Dick Stroud. The book is called... Uh, the 50-plus market, uh, the50plusmarket.com is the website for that book. Go get it. Uh, he's also founding and managing director of 20-plus-30 Consulting. So, Dick, uh, great having you on the show all the way from the U.K. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, and i got to say, you know, the book is, uh, I think it was, I think you said uh, 5,000 interviews in five countries. Is that correct, Dick? It was 5,000 uh, in five countries, and then there was a, there was a lot of in-depth uh, interviews in, uh, in, in, in Europe with, with large multinationals, yeah. So, yeah, i got to tell you, it's jam-packed with some great information. If, you're, if your business uh, or if your ad agency has clients that are targeting the 50-plus market, this is a must-read. I, I really encourage it. Word of mouth. We talked a little bit about that towards the end of the last segment. And, of course, I think most people, when they think word of mouth, they associate that with uh, cutting-edge marketing, especially when targeting the youth market. But you, you weigh in on this and, and suggest that perhaps uh, you know, with the fact that you have a, a collective group uh, of the 50-plus market, uh, especially with their diverse levels of contact, that uh, this could be a successful st strategy in reaching the 50-plus market. Yeah, 
fact, the, the, the chapter in the, 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 the book on, uh, on media was written by uh, OMD's head of research in Europe, and uh, um, she's been a, a, a great uh, um, a, a behind the, the whole 50-plus area. Interestingly, their, 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 their study was called UFO, um, Understanding the 50s and Over, and uh, any of your listeners, uh, some of that's downloadable from the web as well, from OMD, and that's a, a great study on understanding the market. And... And Joe Rigby, who was the, 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 the head of, uh, of media research, it's one of her big things that uh, you know, they, it's just not used. And word of mouth is a very powerful thing with a 50 plus. Uh, yeah. you know, lots of very, very strong social groupings. And, uh, and good news can travel incredibly quickly. And um, certainly OMD is, that's, that's one of the, the things which they, 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 they target with the, the cl- those clients, and they're not enough of them that uh, are trying to hit the 50 plus area. You know, let's talk a little bit about packaging when it comes to selling to boomers. Are there distinctions that should be made when considering package design for the 50-plus market, Dick? I've got to to tell you, it's an area which I should have looked more into, and I haven't. So I'm not a a packaging expert, but uh, I I would say it's it's, it's one of the... the, What you find is that marketers concentrate on a lot of the emotional differences they think exist with the 50-plus and don't at all on... The, the, the things we do know uh, happens when you get older, which is all the things that affect packaging. You know, there's the cognitive changes, there's the dexterity, there's right. eyesight, and all, and all of the things which are well documented. And, and no, very, very little account is taken of pure packaging or indeed of, of just product design. And uh, you know, you've had some interesting articles about what's going on with some of the ski slopes in the States where you know, you're having to uh, cut down some of the difficulty because of... Uh, you know, broken bones and uh, uh, people tr- trying to relive uh, skiing experiences of their youth. Um, <laughs> I think it was, what is it, nearly half the ski slopes have taken some action on that. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's not just packaging. It's, it, it goes all the way through the product design. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the train example I gave you before was, uh, was another good one. Uh, when you've got a train there that's designed for 35-year-olds and you've got a lot of 65-year-olds on you know, with bad hips and... Uh, you know, a little overweight, and uh, um, you know, but the, the actual product is not necessarily designed for that uh, that age yeah. group. And well, that's it, that's a very good point. You know, you, you travel all over the world, Dick. Uh, I, I'm curious. I want to get into your head about what you're seeing out there, generally speaking, in the uh, advertising arena uh, relative to to ads that are obviously targeting the 50 plus market. Are most marketers today doing a good job in this, or are they? You feel that a lot are wasting their money. Oh, I, I, I think without doubt uh, an awful lot of wasted their money. Um, what, what, what hasn't happened is I, I, I really don't think, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame advertisers, I, I blame their clients, um, has, have really just woken up to the significant change in, in the, the shape of the demographic profile and the economic power within, within the US and the UK and, and, and the rest of Europe. Um, and, and really coming to terms with what that means, and they are not directing their agencies um, to really try and pursue that, uh, that, that where that power is. So 
It's not. I don't think it's an agency problem. It's a client problem. So it's it's really not. See, I was thinking more in terms of the miscues, maybe the the things that you the creative strategies that you see. You're saying that they don't even bother targeting this market, and that's that's a big surprise. But for those that are waking up to the fact that they do need to target the the 50 plus market, are you seeing any uh, strategies that are in need of repair or that are totally just off target with regard to trying to reach the 50 plus market? Well, it's it's. Let me give you an example of one 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 strategy that uh, was 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 very much off of, of line and has been brought really back onto line with great success. And uh, that's Marks and Spencers, which you, you may know is one of the one of, well, has been one of the sort of icon uh, retail uh, chains in the UK. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it just lost its focus on who its market was, and a lot of it, its market has just got older and it's over fifty. And uh, it's had some spectacularly successful advertising using Twiggy, who was. Uh, a well-known model in the in the 60s, and uh, I mean what they've done is, is is not is not difficult, but they've just done well-crafted, very good multi-generational adverts with her and 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 the new generation of models. Uh, it's fun, it's lively, it uses um, 60s music, well-produced, good 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 standards of production, and it just works. And so uh, Marks and Spencer's sales have have really started taking off. Probably we, should, uh, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt you here. We are, believe it or not, out of time, Dick. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you uh, so much uh, for taking time out of your weekend to spend some time with us here at the advertising show. We enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad it went well. We'll be thank back you, in just a moment with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe on the advertising show. You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. When we decided to get a testimonial for Scotty's, we went right to the top. It's a famous schnoz, Ginny Durante, classic spot on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth. And thanks again to our special guest today, Dick Stroud, author of The 50-Plus Market. Uh, the website, he's got a couple of different websites. He actually believes in websites as opposed to our uh, guest last week who doesn't have a website yet. But mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get one. 20plus30.com, and that's the number 20, plus, P-L-U-S, 30 dot com right. and uh, also the fifty plus market dot com is the is more about the book and that is the fifty the number fifty <laughs> plus market dot com and that's plus the word not the number I right say. okay yeah. well, so, that's so difficult. And what just you, go to Dick's home he's over in Salisbury would you like his cell phone number we have that here we'll just have yeah. a call him well we'll post it online make him go to the website so what did you say the uh, the advertising show uh, will be uh, posted on uh, the fifty plus yeah it, no no the other one that you yeah. mentioned the twenty number the, twenty plus 30.com is where the Dick has <laughs> so generously 20plus30.com yeah, he's so generously offered to post the uh, the advertising show.com and, and I think in particular maybe a, a file or, or a uh, web link to the particular uh, archived program for uh, Dick's appearance here on the show and if you are listening to us for the first time through Dick's uh, website welcome uh, welcome all of our listeners listening around the world uh, through mm-hmm. the advertising show.com there you go yeah. uh, this is out of San Francisco, but it talks about a girl from Detroit, uh, specifically in Novi, yeah, Novi, Michigan. That's a Detroit yeah. suburb. Do you know where that is? Yes, I do. That's where the, yeah. the airport's at. Uh, 20-year-old Gen- Jenny Ecclestone of Novi had never seen an 07 uh, Chevrolet Aveo, uh, nor had she ever developed a public relations program for a new car, but huh. GM gave her the opportunity to do both. 
Listen, this is kind of cool. Uh, Ecclestone competed with 32 other college students from across the country uh, to come up with the best PR campaign for the redesigned Aveo, which debuts this summer as a snazzier version of its predecessor. Wouldn't use the term snazzier. It was yeah. definitely intense, uh, having only one hour to devise a campaign. My God. And then our presentation time was cut to five minutes from the original ten. And then our computer died. <laughs> She's a sophomore at Michigan State University. Mm. And uh, it's a, a student version of the popular television show The Apprentice. I can believe that. So instead of winning a job, she, the Victoria students uh, won free admission to a Chevrolet-related event in their area. So, so I, I'd want the car. Such as a NASCAR race where Chevy provides race cars or sporting events where Chevrolet is a prime advertiser. I'd say they got their money's worth there. So they have a new campaign developed by a 20-year-old lady from Novi, Michigan. How about Hmm. that? It's a good idea. And, you know, staying with uh, PR for a second, Ray, I I think many of our listeners uh, that are marketing practitioners, advertising practitioners, are not going to be surprised by this. But if you are not an insider, you might be surprised to learn that, according to a study released recently by the Center for media and democracy. This will blow your mind, Ray. 77 TV stations, mm-hmm. reaching more than half the country's population, used video news releases prepared by other sources without informing viewers over the past 10 months. In other words, uh, TV stations acted as if they supplied content with their own reporters, uh, and the releases that came from three public relations firms representing 49 clients, including General Motors, Intel, Pfizer, and Capital One, just to mention uh, a few, uh, in more than one-third of the instances, the stations showed the complete releases. Hmm. And, of course, for those in the know, you realize that the FCC has stipulated that video news releases, uh, sources, uh, release sources, I should say, must be disclosed. Uh, and uh, they threaten, uh, and when they air these things, they must be disclosed as the source of where that video comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've threatened to find those who don't comply. So uh, even more troubling is the fact that I think that uh, – over a third of these instances, the TV stations were not uh, mentioning the fact that the uh, file footage was coming from Pfizer, GM, or GE, I should say, or whoever it happens to be. But that's you pretty know, bad. That's pretty well, bad. Well, yeah, and these TV, uh, local TV news uh, organizations need video to accompany their stories, and if they can. Uh, create a story with video and, of course, the video being supplied by the PR firms, if they can do it still with a message that seems fair, Mm -hmm. uh, then that's one thing. But when you're using the entire video news release that's prepared from outside sources uh, with audio, then there's a bit of a concern, I think, of who's really generating the uh, news there. Well, you've crossed the line and you've lost their confidence. Well, but the problem is is that most people don't know that that's happening uh, as many times as it is. Except for now, now that everybody knows. Well, that's true. I'm glad we told them. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take a billboard out and tell them that. <laughs> well, we can do that. Outdoor is a pretty good effective use for that. It sure it? is. We have uh, Andy Borowitz on the way. Andy is, you know, the bird flu is with the thing. And, of course, uh, here in the, the in the Gulf Coast, uh, obviously, hurricane season is right around the corner. And uh, so, basically, what, what the FEMA people are doing right now is, they're, you know, they basically come up with a new plan to take care of hurricanes and bird flu at the same time. It's pretty cool. Uh, avian flu. Something like that, yes, yeah. exactly. So. Uh, that'll be next here. Uh, happy to know, Brad, that the erectile dysfunction ads are back on the air. Uh, that's zero. ED for those people. In the yeah. Back in just a moment with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. That's a uh, classic spot from, uh, I want to say Schaefer was a Detroit brew, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Who knows? Well, you know, anyone that has a, th- uh, a campaign that says a beer is the kind of beer to have when you're having more than one, yeah. <laughs> you get me and your vote, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have uh, want to say thanks again to Dick Stroud, the author of The 50 Plus Market, and uh, also want to uh, invite you to join us next week. Um, the 23rd for Suzanne Lyons. Suzanne is the Chief Marketing Officer for Visa USA. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd like to email a question about your bill to Suzanne, have the last four <laughs> yeah. digits and your pet's name. Right. And, uh, you know, and, uh, your mother's maiden name. Mother's maiden name, exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll talk to Suzanne, and hopefully we'll get through on the first try. Well, we'll put her on hold. Won't that be fun? We'll put her on hold and to, to speak to Brad, punch one. To speak to Ray, punch two. If you do not know your, uh, yeah. Punch Ray and Brad. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Spell the last name, then oh, the first oh, name. Oh, I hate that. It's like when, when, I get a, when I get a message thing like that um, and it says, spell their last name, it's like, I don't know how to spell their last name. Can't, right. can I just spell Bob or something like that? Who knows? Anyway. I will tell you this. I, I went to Continental, uh, their 800 toll-free, because I needed to check on a flight arrival time, and right. it is very well done that you can speak to it. Uh, you know, I want this, I want that. Uh, was that arrival? Where did the flight originate? Okay, the mm-hmm. flight uh, such and such is on time. It's scheduled, to, you know, and, and it works well. Had a reason to call Microsoft uh, a few weeks ago, and the same thing happened. They had that audio capability, and right. I think for for those that have those, that I would like to see more companies do that because you mm-hmm. can get through and get right to what you need. Oh, absolutely. So he's pushing buttons and waiting for the whole thing and all that. It's I crazy. tried to get a hold of one of the Visa, and it will remain nameless, and I could not do it. Really? I actually, I actually, in frustration, actually checked my credit. Uh, it's like, oh, got to give me something here. Oh, didn't work. And it's like, okay, I'll try three. I'll, okay, I'll try four. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. So I wrote him a letter. <laughs> And uh, they returned to they, sender. They wouldn't they, take it. <laughs> Send this to another address. Hey, yeah. let's let's check in now. The, the solutions of the world are here, and they're in under two minutes here. So listen to this. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the Advertising Show, and now here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. In testimony before Congress, the acting head of the Federal Emergency Management Agency said that the United States could handle both an outbreak of bird flu and a major hurricane, as long as the hurricane successfully eradicated the bird population. Acting FEMA Director R. David Paulison said the agency was putting a series of plans in place to deal with a possible bird flu pandemic, but added, we're really counting on a major hurricane to do the heavy lifting for us, bird killing-wise. Mr. Paulison outlined a series of scenarios his agency has been developing in which birds are wiped out by other natural disasters, such as tornadoes, earthquakes, and volcanic eruptions. These birds think they're pretty tough, but just you wait, he said. They're no match for molten lava. While some in Congress question the wisdom of relying on natural disasters of an almost biblical nature to destroy the nation's birds and thus stave off a possible bird flu pandemic, Mr. Paulison called such skepticism narrow-minded. Disasters are our friend, he said. Look how good Iraq has been for Halliburton. 
Failing a major disaster to wipe out the bird population, Mr. Paulison said that every man, woman, and child in America could do his or her share by killing one bird a day. Everyone in this country is capable of killing a bird, except Dick Cheney. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. Scary about the part about that is I can see them actually discussing that, okay? Uh, that was a good one this week. Yeah, it was. Just yeah, like I liked the it. good advertising stuff. What did I just do? I um, thought I hit the stop key, but I didn't. Well, you don't want to do that. <laughs> No, because then we'd have to start over, and that yeah. wouldn't work. Anyway, that's that's Andy Borowitz's take on, on the world, and like I said before, it's scary because it could be. You never know. <laughs> uh, Suzanne Lyons with us next week as CMO of uh, Visa USA, so we look right. forward to that as well. We'll be charging her for next week's appearance. I think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah. uh, there's an article out of, uh, where is it, out of the... Uh, Oh, who knows? Detroit Free Press. I guess we're staying in Detroit this week. Uh, now, everyday Joe Schmoes can ma- and and uh, uh, Josette Schmoes can make uh, yeah. national television commercials like AdPros companies like GM, Sony Electronics, Mastercard, allowing consumers to choose which commercials will air on television, and even in some cases, letting ordinary people create the ads themselves. Home Depot mm-hmm. is encouraging uh, consumers. They did this last month to go to their website and vote. Uh, for one of three 30-second TV spots, a home improvement store chain said almost 450,000 votes were cast. What? Why do 450,000 people have nothing better to do than go to the Home Depot site and well, help it choose the commercials that they want? Or it could be 45,000 people doing it ten times. You never know. But, you know, it's true, interesting. You true. talk about the uh, the opportunity to allow consumers to create the ads. GM had a problem, and I don't have the art, the story handy, but GM had a problem recently where they were offering uh, consumers the opportunity to create an ad for one of their SUVs. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what got posted and got, you You know, they give you video and they give you other access to things to create the spot so you can really get involved with Marketing it. Marketing gone bad. Well, yeah. I mean, it was uh, gas guzzlers and all kinds of negative stuff that got created in a fun and humorous way. Yeah. And uh, kids had fun with it and it backfired on GM. So it's one thing to get the consumer involved in creating ads for you, but you got to be careful because if it's a product that's uh, highly volatile, highly political, mm-hmm. uh, as with the SUV and gas and all that stuff, uh, con- conservation of energy, that it can it can uh, work against you. I exactly. Suppose. Sony's yeah. doing it. Toyota, L'Oreal, Paris, uh, a whole bunch of different, a whole bunch of different advertisers are doing that as well. So it's mm-hmm. quite interesting. And who knows? As as you said in the General Motors vein, it wasn't a good thing, but maybe who knows? Maybe this stuff is good. As far yeah, as I mean, might not. Yeah. With uh, you know, I can't imagine it'd be a problem with uh, you know. A perfume. Yeah. Or a makeup. Hey, by the way, go to theadvertisingshow.com. You're going to find a whole bunch of stuff there. It's a podcast, RSS feeds, and an opportunity to catch up on what's happening in the world of advertising and marketing. It's theadvertisingshow.com. It's a global experience, and we touch a lot of great subjects, and we feel you'd be real interested in that, including our guest next week is Suzanne Lyons, CMO, VCUSA. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production.